Perfect. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Let's wake up a little bit. There we go. I know it's early, but we're starting later, later, right? So we'll be good. All right. So I have something to share with us this morning. Uh, here we go. So ever since uh, Steve first asked me to start uh, sharing these short net messages on the nature of blessing, uh, the economy of God's generosity in our daily lives, uh, I've never been able to shake my fascination with the idea that we really own nothing in life, don't we? Uh, that there is no object, no possession or skill, no success or wealth, person, place, deed, or even idea that we can really claim to be our own. Um, I believe this is an idea that fascinates me first because, personally, I deal with some amount of selfishness every day. I know. And I need a constant reminder of who it is who truly gives me the right to anything that this life holds. Uh, and that if I've submitted myself to Christ, that I admit that He is sovereign over all my sphere of influence. Um, but second, uh, my goal has always been to attempt to gain a little better perspective of God's view of blessing and how it functions, and to perhaps maybe see beyond those uh, rigid bounds that we kind of sometimes set on ourselves of what God can and cannot do, what He does or will not do or accomplish in our lives. So to catch, catch just a, a glimpse of that this morning, I'd like to read a passage from John 3, uh, in which John the Baptist is confronted by his own followers who are asking him what he thinks about Jesus, uh, stealing away the limelight, so to speak. Um, the crowds have moved on from John. They're now following Jesus. They're being baptized by him. Uh, and this was John's response to, the, to his, his own followers. He said, uh, John answered to them, he said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who comes from uh, the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven uh, is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand, and he who, has, he who believes in the Son has the same everlasting life. So I love how uh, John puts that, that God does not give the Spirit by measure. Uh, John makes a pretty compelling correlation, I think, here that uh, I'd like to, for us to chew on this morning just a little bit. Um, he seems to make that there's some sort of connection with loosening our stranglehold on the things of earth. Um, not just possessions and pleasures here, uh, but in John case, John's case, it was status, legacy, uh, a season in his ministry. Uh, even these things had to come fully into submission to the king, since as John freely admits, uh, they were never really his to begin with, um, but always were there only to prepare the way for what Jesus was doing. Uh, and when John let go, but when John lets go, is he high and dry? Is he left, to, left in the lurch, so to speak? No, of course not. Um, there is something deeper, there is something more and something greater than anything tangible or that otherwise can be gained on this more plane that he finds when he lets go. Um, 
John knows that when he can freely give all of this to Christ, um, he finds that God, that Christ is in all things. That to submit all things to Christ means to submit to the unstoppered downpour of everything that Christ is, spirit without measure, right? Uh, his power, his blessing, his provision, his guidance. So to trust Jesus, um, so I'd ask us this morning, uh, do we trust Jesus as John did that day on the shores of the river? <laughs> is it just the, the tenth part of the tithe that we give on the Sunday that we have trust for? Um, do we have the faith just for that little, or do we have faith for the whole that is resting in his hands? Um, are there perhaps things in our life that maybe have persuasion over us this morning, that we hold on to for comfort? Perhaps maybe we would feel lost without. Perhaps there are things that we feel that we've earned, or we maybe deserve, or maybe are our due. Maybe these are the things that we take the most pride in, maybe the things that give us uh, a sense of direction, a sense of identity. Or maybe these are the things that we feel that were robbed of us at some point in time, the things that we feel that we've been lost without, we've never really been the same since. Lay it at the feet of Jesus this morning. Let's humble ourselves before the Savior of the world, and I promise we'll find him waiting with love and joy and peace that John says is unmeasured. It's without measure. There is no end. So, Father, we thank you that you don't give just a little bit. You give all of you. When we say, come into me, we don't just get a small part of Jesus. We get the whole Jesus, the Christ, the one who laid himself on the cross, that we get all of your life everlasting, Jesus. We ask that we remember that as we give back to you, that we aren't, just, uh, we aren't losing anything, but we are, just we are showing how much we trust you. We have faith in the one true Jesus. In your name, amen. few more announcements today. We will be having a meal today. Uh, Don and Maria are preparing and serving for us. And uh, also, just an update, someone was asking about our brother-in-law, Jay Benison. Last week, we didn't know if he would live or not on this earth any longer, but he is actually home this home, on earth home. He came home uh, a few days ago and doing quite well, actually. He really came back from death. And so we're so thankful for that. And, uh, but then also uh, Pastor Ron Pulcher, who pastored here in the late 70s, went to heaven this week. And so Joyce and I will be attending his funeral in Pukwana, South Dakota, next Saturday. And so just to share that with you. But we know that he, when I think of Ron, I think of his song, A Child of a King, Pastor Ron, because he used to, that was, I think, probably his favorite, one of his favorite 
My father is rich in houses and lands. He holds the wealth of the world in his hands, of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold. His coffers are full. He has riches untold. I'm the child of a king, the child of a king, with Jesus my Savior. I'm the child of a king. And there's something in there about a mansion, too, I think, because he'd always talk about and Ron and Doris were a family, they, they were all over. They actually knew Dan, brother-in-law Dan, my brother-in-law Woodward, before he knew us. He was in Bemidji, and then he was, he, he's been around. He was many places. One of those guys that, it's like, you know Ron Poulter? Yeah, I know Ron Poulter. And, uh, but uh, he, he never had a lot of earthly goods, but he, wow. Well, that's what Doris said. Uh, she said he's, he's looking over his mansion now. And glory in heaven. Loved the Lord very much. And... Um, Just, just a note, let's pray right now for uh, um, the Bindani, Kent and Chantel, and then others from our church here are on that team of uh, Bindani. They're at the Park Rapids Fair. This morning, Lord, we lift them before you. We just pray for your anointing to be there even touching lives of some that may not know you, but even for the believers that it would be an inspiration and the, your anointing would be there to touch lives, to change them forever. We pray for them all now this morning. In Jesus' name. Maybe we should pray for Coupe de Grasse too. They get, I hear they get pretty wild sometimes with coupe de grass. Lord, we do. We just cover coupe de grass today, later today. Lord, we just thank you for just a fun time. Lord, we know you want us to have fun. That's what your desire is, that we have fun as believers. And we can do this and even can be reach out too. And we thank you for putting that on Tim's heart and all the time he puts into that. Lord, to prepare it, and uh, but we pray for safety for everybody as well. That as they come and go and go and come, Lord, that uh, they would be safe in their travels. In the name of Jesus. I'm just going to read, and if you're wondering what's Coupe de Grasse, talk to Tim over there. He's the one that puts that together. But I, just before I came up here, I opened my Bible and this scripture, it opened to its Isaiah 56, verse, starting in verse 7. It says, Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. You know, when we come before the Lord in praise and worship, even as we did again this morning, it's like we're coming before his holy mountain. I mean, it's the spirit realm is so close, brothers and sisters. It's right here. <clears throat> and we touch it. 
really our whole lives can be in touch with that realm, you know, but we touch it. And especially there's a special sense of that touching, like this morning now again, as we were in praise and worship. But it says, even them, and I believe we're included there in the Spirit, will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful. Make, God will make us joyful in the house of prayer. That's his desire. And that's the closer we are, you might say, to him, the more joy we're going to know and we're going to experience that joy. It's a house of prayer. It's a communion with God. That's what prayer is. It's talking to God. It's an interchange with God. It's koinonia, fellowship, sharing, partnership, communion with Him. And then down further in the verse it says, For my house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. It's happy, cheerful, rejoicing, festive. It's used many times in the Bible, like 175 times maybe in the Old Testament. And it roughly compares to the English phrase, happy holidays. So here in the middle of July, we can have happy holidays (laughs) to you, right? Hallmark has Christmas in July, right? So why can't we? It's happy holidays. You know, we think of the, it's a very special time. Happy holidays. Joyous festival. That's what it means. Happy holidays. Joyous festival. I'm going to share something that's pretty joyous in just a moment. First, maybe this might be very joyous to some of you too. This first announcement, I'm going to read it while I sent it out to some of the people as we were feeling this out. But as you know, we have had our Sunday morning worship at 9 o'clock since the first Sunday in June. Our desire was to try this in the summertime to see if it worked for our church family. After testing the water with this change for the past seven weeks, I've been asking around for feedback and I found that For some in our church family, for various reasons, the nine o'clock starting time is too early. I mentioned I could say different things about that, but I'll just pass over. (laughs) There's various reasons for that. I mentioned when we initiated this time change that we would monitor it and that we would make adjustments if needed. We, our TCC elders and deacons met Wednesday and decided to move the worship service to 10 a.m. beginning on Sunday, August 4, rather than waiting until September. Somebody must not like that. <laughs> but some maybe do. Um, and we will have worship time be at 10 a.m., not change it back to 10.30 as it was previously, and I said, I guess you could call that a kind of compromise. And So, 10 o'clock, we'll start that the first Sunday in when? August. And we probably won't change it for a long time again, but we'll be there. Uh, so, that's that.
And then, this is really, okay. So we were, and Joan, why don't you come up? Could you find a mic? Maybe Peter's, Peter might, might have one. There's one here. I'll have Joan help me with this announcement. <clears throat> I think I'll start with this. You may remember this, and we've had it up on our offering box there for some time, and I got this little note that goes with it. Uh, Chantel had sent an email to me. Oh my, this was in late March or April, and their little boy Danny. Thank you. What is he? Four years old? Three or four? Uh, Daniel talks. She says this. Chantel said this. Chant Daniel talks weekly, if not daily, about the church Oawi, because he saw the hole here up in the roof, and he called it Oawi. In regard to the roof collapse, he has been working on this necklace and keeps saying it is for the church. Oh, are we done? In other words, he wanted it to be better, you know, get better. And then on Sunday, he, so he was working on it all this time, and then on May 26, Danny came up to me and he goes like this. And he hands me this necklace. And, uh, And he said, you know, this is for church. Ooh, are we done? And I know that uh, we've been giving toward that. We gave toward other things, too, outside the church, so we're part of giving, too. Danny was part of it. But on Wednesday morning at that uh, elder meeting we started out, there was a scripture I'd gotten the day before. It was Colossians 2, 9, and 10 about our fullness in Christ and we're complete in Him and, and such. All the fullness of the Godhead is in Him. And uh, I had read it out of the Passion Translation. I did have that with me. I had this Bible, New King James, and so I asked Joan if she would read it because she had her phone there and she looked it up. She was right in the middle of it and her phone starts ringing. And we knew, of course, you know, that was one of the things we were wondering as we came to the meeting, where are things at? Because, as you know, we had had prayer for the insurance because we still needed about 33,000 more, right? About 33,000 more in funds. Uh, for beyond what they had already sent us, the insurance company. You know, 33,000, that's quite a bit, right? And, uh, and we were saying we don't want to go into debt, and, but we need to make decisions. And I remember we were in uh, my office on, on this end of the building here in the corner. It was, I'm not sure what Sunday it was. It was maybe in April sometime or whatever when we had to make a decision on the carpet. And... Uh, we had had suggestions uh, that this is the the right kind of carpet to get and such uh, for for now and for a place like this and so forth. But it was more expensive than some would have probably been. And Gus said a word of faith there, 
And you know, when we speak words of faith, it, it's, it affects us, but it affects other people. When Gus said that, it just something just lit inside of me. It's done. And let's get the quality one that's going to last longer and be better, and we can exchange these squares if something does happen, you know, and that kind of a thing. And uh, so something sparked, and I said, okay, Gus, we're going with that. And we decided to with the good carpet, and I said, but I'm going to have you lead us in prayer with the congregation that this will get paid in full. You know, and we did. You may remember that. Uh, I think it was the Sunday that Herb shared. But uh, anyway, Joan can fill in. She she says, "Okay, I got to answer this." <laughs> here we are, just in our meeting. You know, reading the word, and here's the phone. And I'll let you share a little bit here now. I had called their insurance company. Um, an hour or so before before I came over from the office and um, just asking if they could let us know where we're at. So the phone's ringing and it was the insurance company calling back. <clears throat> and, you know, because I just said, you know, are we going to get any more? Is what's, what's up? And he said, um, yes, let's see. Let me look it up. Well, we mailed you a check. You should be getting it in a couple of days. And um, I said, can you tell me how much it is? And because Steve said the difference from what I had sent in um, was, I think, 34000 He said the check is for $48,000. I don't know. the class. So we had a celebration <laughs> there, but I was trying to think, well, how did they come up with 48,000? So when I went back and, and looked at what I had sent them, I, I included all the, the volunteer hours, the sheets of the volunteer hours, and I had to, um, tallied them up, and it was just under, Yeah, just under 700 hours, 686 hours. I put um, volunteer hours so far. Thought you might be interested to know how everyone has pitched in to help. And then I had put on the uh, paper another column of other um, for insulating the rest of the roof, um, painting the hallways, um, the carpet down the steps. <clears throat> And I, I just listed that as um, these are other things we did as improvements to make everything look as one. Um, I wasn't really turning it in as a bill, but just letting them know what we did. Well, this is the explanation of the 48,000 they sent us. The, Repairs by the contractors was 114000 They paid volunteer labor of $10,000. 
and they paid all the, the other materials that we did, the insulation in the roof, all the other things we did. They paid for it all. They paid for the... Uh, really? You got paid $15 an hour for volunteering. <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> that, that is amazing. So I want to say a personal note to Jeff. That day when he came, I don't know if you remember, but our entry was filled with stuff for um, the transfer station. We were waiting on a salvage guy, but there was other stuff he would not take. And one day, <laughs> Jeff came with his pickup and worked a long time loading up all that junk, stuff in the parking lot, uh, junk, insulation, junk on the edge of the thing there. And um, we kept track of those hours, Jeff, so this is part of it. This is part of it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for keeping track of all those hours, Joyce. Yeah. I know you're the one that did that. I would pretty much know. It's on, I think. I'd pretty much know if someone left and had not filled in their hours. I just had that motivation. By cracky, we're working this hard. We're going to at least write it down, if, even if it's just for our records. <laughs> So thank you, Lord. He's so good. So, and I want to thank each one of you who put your hand to um, those tasks. Uh, the day of, you know, we had volunteers ours up on the roof inside, but then days after that, there would be days where there'd be, I remember the day when it dawned, Durantes was here on a Saturday. We so needed someone, but we hadn't lined up anyone, and he drives up. Um, chairs had to be moved. I mean, he worked for hours. He, he was the perfect one. Another one was um, with all the high work on the scaffolding, um, Andrew was one that took that place and very important. I remember that Sunday afternoon when we had the work time and he, there's someone else, I remember Josiah up there and Micah, they were wiping out the, the, the light things. Um, Andrew was wiping all, everything had to be wiped off because of that dust. And I can remember it felt so good seeing everybody wiping stuff off. And then I think it was Wednesday when I came. Uh, no, I was here with Aunt. I think it was later in the week. And I walked in, I walked to the coffee bar area. It looked as if we had dusted nothing. I just, my heart just sank. Anne and I, we looked at, you know, I went like this. I says, we cleaned all this. I went up to window frames. It was just, it seemed like we had not touched it. And um, I think I said to Anna, I'm gonna Google this. 
because I didn't know about that. But as I went on and got information, this is common with sheetrock dust. You think you got it, then it surfaces again. So we did. Andrew was up on the scaffolding again. He went and started wiping things again. Anybody that saw surface areas, we just kept wiping. I actually think it's good already. I haven't seen it um, settling. Mm -hmm. so, so we thank you, Lord. From the very first day, we declared better than ever, beyond our expectations, because you are our redeemer, and you will redeem this. I thank you, Father. We're seeing this in actuality. Yes. We praise you, Lord. Amen. And uh, so we have a joyous festival in the house of the Lord today, you know, for that that has come forth. And that will also pay for our new, we'll be putting sound panels, is that what you call them? Because you can still hear an echo, right? You know, so we'll get sound panels. Uh, we know what we're getting, I believe. Um, we just need to get those yet. And uh, so we're thankful. We're very thankful for that. It'll also pay for... There's been a problem with the entry here with the cement that sunk a little bit so the water comes in and then we had tiles as you come in the coat room that were broken. They'd, uh, and also there's, there's a leak, there was a leak that we have here that we'll be able to get that fixed too. And so we're just thankful to the Lord for his provision. But see, that can be a signpost, not just for us as a congregation, but for you as us as individuals, families. You know, again, it's a signpost, a marker, God. You know, we had said better than ever. We declare in the name, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Well, in our lives, whatever the situations may be, we believe for that in our lives, that where the enemy comes in, well, the Lord will turn it so it becomes actually better than it was before. You know, God does that. His grace and his power, they can turn any situation around. But it's a thing like we heard earlier. It was a thing we walk by faith and not by sight. And we walk in the light that we have. We had that scripture last week. Um, and this is the first one that we have, Josh, here. Uh, my first, the first scripture for today. Maybe what I'll, I'll just give you a little bit. We're not going to go into it. A major thing here because this this kind of stuff I felt that we need to do this today we need to share these things we want to keep our church family abreast and we know a lot are on vacations and stuff so this is on tape or it's on it'll get online John usually gets it on there on Monday so people can hear it and also you can you can send that you know if you're here on a Sunday and you believe somebody would really like to hear the message that came forth, you can actually send it to them, you know, on their phone or whatever. I've done that. Uh, so that that's a great thing also. Um, but uh, 
So, you know, when we walk in the light, let's just start from the beginning. I'm going to just give you some stuff here to chew on and to meditate on here for a few minutes. Uh, You could say the title is Walking in the Light of Life. When we see the light that brings life and then make the decision, say a decision, decision to walk in it, everything will be affected in our lives, affected in a good way. You know, everything, and you know what? It's not just things, but people. The people around us will be affected. You know that you affect the people around you? If we decide to ignore what we see or know to be light and decide not to walk in it, everything in our life will be affected as well, but not in a good way. And that's true of people too. The people in our life will be affected, but not in a good way. Rejecting light will lead to fear because the resulting path will be darker and darker. Did you hear what I what was said there? You know, when we reject light, when we aren't walking in what we know from the word, doers of the word, in other words, of the light. Thy word is light. It's the truth, it's light. God is light and his words are light. They're truth. They expel the darkness so we see that path then to walk. But then we need to walk in it and that's a decision. And rejecting that, you know, and then in other words, walking in the darkness, it leads to fear because darkness breeds fear. The unknown, we don't know. What is this? We don't know it. Well, we need to get back walking in the light. And there's a great importance to walking in the light and being doers of what we see to do. Doers of the truth. And there's that scripture that we had last week. It wasn't intended as the message last week, but it came a major part of it. John 3:21. But he, read it with me. But he who does the truth comes to the light. And you see I capitalized does. That's a doer. There was a quote of Kenneth Hagin I saw. He said, the greatest need in the body of Christ today is that they are doers of the word, not just hear the word. Many of us, most of us probably have heard a lot of the word. But are we doing it? Are we doing what we know? Are we walking in the light that we know? Being doers of it. When we're doers of the truth, we will receive more light on the pathway that God has for us. It's a spiritual pathway, but it may be our family pathway, may be our business, our workplace pathway. How to do things. God will show us. When we walk in the light, he shows us. Do it, just like Gerald Durstein was saying. Do it. Just do it. The Lord shows you to do something. Call somebody and encourage them. Just do it. Call somebody, ask forgiveness, or talk to somebody, ask their forgiveness. Just do it. You know, our minds can say so quickly, well, maybe they're probably eating supper right now. It's not the right time, or... Well, maybe. Then wait an hour and do it. <laughs> you know, just, but do it. 
So when we're doers of the truth, we will receive more light on the pathway that God has for us. God's path is the best path for my life, for your life. His path is the best one. And yes, we'll receive more life and we'll receive more light. Then we'll see the next step. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John 1, starting at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the, what? Light of men. The Word. I still remember it. It was probably 1960-something. Dennis Bloomhart from Amherst, where we were just a couple weeks ago. Place my dad and mom pastored. Dennis was in my class, and he was not a believer. He wasn't a Christian, but he came to know Christ. And... He got hungry for the Word. He was in the Word a lot. And uh, we were actually thinking to room, this may have been a few years later after I had moved that he conversed with me on this, but he was asking me, he says, John 1.1, he says, look at this. No, we were together, so it must have still been there because I still remember him looking at that. He says, look at that. In the beginning was the Word. What is the Word? Do you know who the Word is, Steve? Who is the Word? The Word that was with God and was God in the beginning with God. He says, I know who it is. And I didn't know at that point. I didn't know, you know, I hadn't really looked at that. And he says, it's Jesus. I said, Jesus? Really? We looked at it. Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Somebody was telling me just before the service that they have a friend that uh, is of another religion that's really, that doesn't believe that Jesus is God. And this person had told that friend, he says, you're not going to get to heaven if you don't believe Jesus is God. I mean, you're not you're going to gain entrance there. But he wouldn't listen to him. But he had a near-death experience here not too long ago. And this person told me, he says, his attitude is changing. But I keep telling them. See, that's what we need to do is keep planting those seeds. Planting those seeds in people's lives. Yes, even that person that you think, it just seems in the natural so unlikely that they would change, they would turn. They can wake up believing Yes, they can. I remember that song by her name was Amy, Evie Tornquist at that time. Now I think it's Evie Carlson, but there was a song. I can't remember all of it, but it was talking about a man that wasn't a believer, you know, and that we should be witnessing or praying to, for them. And then the, the next phrase of the song was, 
he can wake up believing. You know, and you think of from sleep, but of course it would be spiritual sleep too, but I think even natural sleep. He can wake up believing. And I remember the first time I heard it, right that split second I thought, oh, I don't know, wake up believing. And then the very next phrase of the song is, yes he can, yes he can, okay. <laughs> yeah, he could wake up believing. God could give him a dream. That's happening all over the world now. You know, I heard in Iran, they're having the greatest awakening in Iran that they've ever had. Is that, you know about that? It's happening, isn't it? In fact, the person I heard talking about this said, you know, it was, that has happened in China, the greatest move of God. I mean, most people come into Christ, and they said, the next thing is Iran. We pray for Iran. Iran can be I run to God. I ran to God. I ran to God. I ran to God. Say it with me. I ran to God. We declare it over Iran. I ran to God. Wouldn't it be if Ayatollah Khomeini would have a dream when Jesus came to him? <laughs> Exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's what our God will do. Amen? I'm going to read that scripture one more time. The Lord says that's enough for today. So let's go to John 1, starting verse 1 again there. This, we can be meditating on this, and we'll pick it up in a few, a few weeks after. Joyce and I are going to have a vacation time here for a few weeks now. Coming up. It says, in the beginning was... And I'm just going to put Jesus in there this time. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. He is God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus... Nothing was made that was made. And that includes you. He had an awful lot to say about who you were going to be, Linnea. In fact, yeah, he's the one that put you together. He put you together, every cell. Every part of your DNA, every single aspect of that DNA tree or whatever it's called, every part of it, all the millions of parts of who you are, spirit, soul, and body, 
And he has the perfect way for you. He is the perfect way that you walk in the light that you know. And true for everybody that hears this today. Everyone. In Jesus was life. That's Zoe life. God kind of life. And the life was the light of men. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your truth. Right here we meditate on this. And we give to you ourselves anew and afresh in all of our situations, all the circumstances of life. And Lord, we look to you because we know that your word also says that our spirit is your candle. That's what you've lit, where you bring light to our inner being. And you bring an inner witness of what we are to do and not to do in our given situations. What we are to say and not say in our given situations. Everything. You help us to get out of it. If there is areas of darkness that we have gotten into for one reason or another, we just look to you who is the light and we continue walking in you and toward you and your word and your truth and we know that the path of the righteous, that are right, those that are right before you, grows brighter and brighter and brighter till it's like the noonday sun. It's like the light of dawn first sometimes where it's just a crack but then as we continue to walk in it, it gets brighter as the day, your day in us goes on. And so we receive that today now in the name of Jesus. And once again, everyone in agreement said, Amen.